and all the craziness of the Pittsburgh Steelers taking down the Baltimore Ravens and getting back into the winning record category. We didn't get that much time to talk about on this show the story from Adam Schefter that Ben Roethlisberger is locked into this being his last season with the Pittsburgh Steelers. I want to break that down because according to, to Adam Schefter, it was about him talking to former players saying that they were that, that he that he has talked to them. Ben Roethlisberger denied it after the game. Joining me will be a former player himself, Arthur Motes, rejoining the show. The body 52, as you know him on uh, on on Twitter and on SNR. It's going to be an exciting show on the Lockdown Steelers podcast. We're talking Big Ben, TJ Watt and young players who need to step up and are stepping up. Let's get into it. You are Locked On Steelers, your daily Pittsburgh Steelers podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And welcome to the Locked On Steelers podcast. I'm your host, Chris Carter, bringing you your daily dose of all things on the Pittsburgh Steelers. As always, you can find this show on Apple, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Odyssey, and YouTube. Hit this like button on if you're watching on, on YouTube right now. Also, subscribe to our YouTube channel for more. Give us a five-star rating on Apple Podcasts for a shout-out at the end of the show. We thank you for making us your first listen every day. We're also brought to you by, in this episode, On Location, the official hospitality partner of the NFL. It's the only place to score a once-in-a-lifetime Super Bowl ticket and experience package visit on location exp.com slash sb 56 for more information or search super bowl on location joining me today you know him you love him he's the body arthur moats former steeler current savant on the steelers and all things nfl and steeler nation radio <laughs> he's killing it all over the place most it's so great to have you back man how have you been Man, I've been awesome, man. You know it's always good. We've been, you know, apart for way too long, but I I was a little <laughs> nervous when you were doing your intro. You're like, you know, we got the reports about Shefty hearing from a former player, and we have a former player coming on. I'm like, oh, they're going to think I'm the snitch. It wasn't me. It wasn't me. <laughs> no, wasn't no, no, me. no, 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 no. I'm not putting that on you. <laughs> I was like, Lord, they're going to think it's me, man. No, don't put that evil on me, Ricky Bobby. Don't, don't you do put that. That's one of my favorite memes. Come on, that's, man. That, that's one of my favorite memes. I, I hit, I hit yes. uh, Luke Braun as our, our Locked On Vikings host on the network, and he was like, hmm, I wonder. It's like, I like, like Kirk Cousins would look great in a Steelers uniform next year. And I was like, oh. don't you put that evil on me, Ricky Bobby. Don't you put was, that evil on me, man. <laughs> but, but, but let's get to the topic here. Now, again, I am not asserting that Arthur Mose yeah. was the person who told Adam Schefter that this was Ben's last year. Please know that I'm being clear on this. But I do want to get your opinion on this because, yeah. you know, it's been it, – we all knew that this topic was coming. We were being asked this mm -hmm. after the Browns game last year. Would that would that be his last year? Would this be his last year? And it's kind of been, you know, maybe, probably, most likely. But right. you didn't know if the offensive line would, would pick up at some point, if the running mm -hmm. game would pick up, if he wouldn't have to take as many hits. And now this report surfaces, and it surfaced before this Ravens game when the Steelers hadn't won for three straight weeks. That causes concern. Of course, everyone's thinking, well, that makes sense. And then Ben, after the game, is like, you know, I'm going to save that for later. Cam Hayward's like, you know, yeah, I talked to him about it. I'm going to save that conversation for later. Everyone's pushing it down the road. But now, Moats, I'm not asking you to divulge if you've talked to Ben, if he's told you straight up. But I just want to get your thoughts on where do you see him right now? Is it a possible – do, do you see it as a lock that he is done after this season? 
I personally don't see it as a lock, but I do see it as a strong possibility. And the reason I say that is just with his age, along with the um, abuse that he was taking earlier in the season. Mm -hmm. I mean, you saw the different things that have accumulated and popped up on the injury reports for him this season. I mean, that gets old quickly. You know, you listen to him talk. He's letting you know, yes, man, I am in pain. Yes, I am hurting. Yes, this does affect me and how I play. I mean, he talked about that with the hip injury as well in terms of how it's affecting what he can and can't do. Mm -hmm. When he starts getting to that stage, from my experiences and just from teammates that I've had who've played to, you know, they were late in their careers like that. That was one of the things they would always say, man, when your body starts telling you it's time to go, that's typically how they knew it was time to, even if they necessarily didn't want to. So when I hear that, and then you see this report, even though it came out before the game, I'm just putting two and two together saying, well, a report like that doesn't come out without some type of validity, especially when you're talking about Adam Schefter. And that's the only reason why I'm like, it holds a certain level of weight because of who reported it. If we go down the list and it was maybe an Ian Rappaport or, or, you know, somebody a little bit less, you know, consistent with their breaking news and things like that, well, it'd be different. But when it's Schefter, it just holds a little more validity to it. No, I agree. Adam Schefter's the one guy, like, when – because Ian Rappaport's done it. Heck, he did it to you guys as Steelers yeah. when you were on the roster. He said Big Ben was mm-hmm. going to get traded at one point, and that yeah. never came to – I mean, he's still here. So mm-hmm. that was obviously wrong. So I, I, I feel you on that. But Adam Schefter, he has been that authority for so long. So mm-hmm. when you hear that, it's it's real deal. It's like, okay, yeah. he, he heard that from someone credible. Now, I'm mm-hmm. not going to ask you to speculate on who he heard it from, but I, 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 I do <laughs> – right, right. So I'm not trying to get – I don't have many nobody ties else with – ESPN, all right? <laughs> You're not affiliated with me. <laughs> I am not affiliated with ESPN, all right? <laughs> but, but, but in all seriousness, this this is something that I, I think Steelers fans, everyone's talking about how, like when he came out the tunnel, this might have been his last home game ever against the Baltimore mm-hmm. Ravens. And now it's this thing, it's this definite swan song feeling of, man, like how many mm-hmm. more times will we get to see Ben Roethlisberger lead a game-winning touchdown drive, which he did in this game. And mm-hmm. I think you even see, yes, he's not playing very well this season. He's He's been very up and down at times. But when the Steelers' defense has been healthy and they haven't put too much pressure on the offense, you've seen him have a couple two-touchdown games like he mm-hmm. did on Sunday, not throw the big killer interception, and come up big, especially in the fourth quarter. Two touchdowns and a field goal all in the fourth quarter against the Ravens. Yes, their pass defense is the worst in the NFL, but with the with the struggles the Steelers have had to find that success in such a clutch moment to, to come up on top and give your defense a lead to protect, which even though they did give the touchdown, they got to stop on the two-point conversion. They did protect that lead. To me, this is a huge, a huge chance for the Steelers to seize some momentum. And I do think, and I want to get your thoughts on this, was this announcement? Did this kind? Do you think this had any impact on the Steelers being like a, hey, let's rally this, let let's get it for Ben right now? I do think that that was a part of it um, in terms of galvanizing the troops. Uh, you think about when the report came out. This is on the hills of them going what three weeks, four weeks essentially without yeah. having a victory. Um, ben coming off of a bad performance. The defense as a whole wasn't playing up to par, and you get this report. So if you hear this report, and even though nobody came out ahead of time to, you know, shut that rumor down, how do you, what do you do with it? You use it as motivation, you weaponize it, and you, you know, talk to your younger players and you let them know, hey man, if this is his last time, if this is his last go around, how are you going to let him be remembered out here? 
What are you going to do to make sure his legacy is intact in this Ravens rivalry? And that's how you spin it. That's how you sell it. And trust me, that's how I think the message was relayed within that locker room. Because mm. in 2021, as we say, and as you've heard me say numerous times, if somebody wants to get a message out there or clear a message with 2021, everybody has social media. Right. So you can do whatever you want. It's an easy tweet away from you just simply saying, I didn't say that or. I haven't made that. I haven't made up my mind just yet or fake news or however you want to phrase it. Right. So when they don't say stuff that also speaks volumes, because to me, I'm just like, ah, I can understand why you would say something like that. I can understand why it released when it released. And even if that wasn't the case or if it was the case, if that helped us get the win, man, I am all for it. So do the same thing next week. Say, yeah, it's like I'm retiring in two days. You know, yeah, like, 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 he might just, retire on Friday. Which one? Thursday night. <laughs> <laughs> that might just be the trick every week. It's just to get him hyped up. But, but one thing I think that does resonate before we we switch topics. Mike Tomlin did address on his Monday press conference because it's a Thursday night game against the Vikings. They pushed up his Tuesday presser to Monday and he talked about how, yeah, I gave Ben the game ball because he earned it, but also because I wanted the youngsters to see this is what it took to get to this level. This is a guy who's been here, him and Cam Hayward. They've been the, the leaders of this locker room, not just because not just because they make big plays, but because they show up every day and they come with the level of preparation. Mm -hmm. They take advantage of when there's an opportunity to be had, they're there to take it. And that's what Ben Roethlisberger did did in this game and he wanted to set a tone to the younger players we're going to talk about the younger players in a bit there because there were some younger players that stepped up in this game but also need to keep stepping up or maybe step up for the first time throughout the rest of the season if the Steelers want to keep up this ride I'll get Arthur Motes' thoughts on that in just a bit but first I got to talk to you guys about Boost Mobile you listen to podcasts for the power of knowledge you switch to Boost Mobile for the power of saving money because with Boost you get the power of a free 5G phone so you can listen to all the latest episodes the power of three unlimited data lines for 30 bucks a month per line so your family can harness all that brain power too all the power of one of America's largest 5G networks so you can do it all at the speed of 5 5G. With all that money you'll save and all that knowledge you'll gain, just how powerful will you become? Switch to Boost Mobile and find out. Get a free Samsung Galaxy A32 5G phone when you switch to one of America's largest 5G networks. More power to save. Boost Mobile. Disclaimer, free, free phone limited to new customers and one per line. Additional restrictions apply. Offers and coverage not available everywhere for all phones and networks. See BoostMobile.com for details. And we're also brought to you by On Location. Super Bowl 56 is at SoFi, and it's less than 100 days away. And On Location, the official hospitality partner of the NFL, is the only place to score a once-in-a-lifetime Super Bowl ticket and experience package. Select your exact seats and choose from elite experiences featuring an exclusive pregame celebration with NFL legends, five-star LA hotels, and food by the greatest Wolf game puck. Visit on location exp.com slash sb56 for more information or search super bowl on location that's on location exp.com slash sb56 or search super bowl on location for more details now most when we do back-to-back -back ad reads that means we keep it rolling here on the lockdown hey, Steelers let's go because you know we're paying bills um uh, but now <laughs> we got to get to i talked a lot about him yesterday in, in, in about about what he did in the game and how he got three and a half sacks with TJ Watt. He's the best player on this team. He's the he, he's to me he's the best defensive player in the NFL. But he continues to separate himself. In 10 games, he has 16 sacks. 
It's ridiculous. He is two sacks ahead of Miles Garrett, who has played two more games. And also, I think it's worth to say, there's also really, it's really nine and a half games when you consider he went out one of those games pretty early. Uh, you know, so I, I look at this and I say he is the most dominant force. And I've been saying defensive MVP, but considering we haven't seen the ridiculousness, explosive offenses like Patrick Mahomes isn't lighting it up this year. There isn't a quarterback mm -hmm. who's thrown 50 touchdowns and zero interceptions this time around. Right. Considering that, is it possible that if, if you know, this takes a lot of things, the Steelers probably have to go on a run a bit, but is it possible that Steelers, yeah. that TJ Watt could be a candidate, not just for defensive player of the year, but maybe NFL MVP? Man, it would be awesome to see him get that type of recognition because I personally feel like, yes, as a defender, he should be in that conversation. I said the same thing, though, about a guy like Aaron Donald and even mm -hmm. J.J. Watt to an extent. It's just one of those things. Unfortunately, the NFL just never considers anybody outside of quarterbacks or yeah. skill position players for league MVP. I have no clue why, but it just is what it is. But in terms of the defensive player of the year running, I do think he's the front runner for it. Now, if it wasn't five games remaining, I would say, yes, he has it all but locked up. But we know just how much can happen in a five-game window, yep. right? Yep. I mean, you think about the first five games of the season, they were saying that Trayvon Diggs had it locked up. Then <laughs> You're right. You talk You're about right. <laughs> then you go to week 10, they're saying Miles Garrett had it locked up. So mm -hmm. now I'm sitting here and I'm like, I'm not going to make the same mistake that I've seen the people in uh, Dallas and the people in Cleveland make. But as a whole, I mean, what he's been doing is extremely impressive. The 16 sacks ties the Steelers single season sack record set by James Harrison. Yep. And he did it, like you said, in 10 games. Ridiculous. And realistically, you can make a case that it was eight because one of them he was hurt in. I mean, if we're talking yeah. like that's the other part, he, he wasn't even a healthy TJ Watt. So with that, I mean, the, the amount of productivity he's having along with him not even being a guy that can sneak up on you. If this was his first year and it was a breakout season, that's one thing. But we know who TJ Watt is and every offensive coordinator in the league does as well. They've been game planning around him this season. So to see him having that type of impact along with teams trying to game plan around him it's just unheard of man but i'm just glad we get to cover it firsthand and witness it and say he's our guy not anyone else's yeah i mean that's the thing though by the way he's, he's a pittsburgh Steeler. you know either way you're enjoying this run and i think it was minka mm -hmm. fitzpatrick who said that they who said on monday monday morning on zoom he said uh you know tj has been robbed for two straight years he should have been the defensive mvp and uh, mm -hmm. that's not to take a shot at at, at a fellow pit alum Aaron Donald, because uh, Aaron Donald was, you know, the, is the guy that you're looking at there, and it's like, oh, that man's a bad guy mm -hmm. as well. But the the reason I was bringing up the MVP talks is because of how central it looks like TJ Watt is to this team. They are mm -hmm. six and two when he plays, when he plays the entire game, not just not just yes. the, not just the not just one, you know, one quarter like they did against the, the it was the Raiders when he went when he got hurt, mm -hmm. but the entire game they are six and two, and it's very important to note. And I looked at it this morning. Mm -hmm. The two losses where he played the entire game were the two games he was coming back from an injury. When mm -hmm. you look at the Packers game, he was coming back because mm -hmm. he, had, he, had, he had missed time for that one. When you look at the Bengals game, he was coming back. We thought that he was mm -hmm. looking to be done for the season. When you saw that injury, uh, you know, mm -hmm. you know, in, in the in the in the week before, you were like, "Oh my, that could have that could be it. That could be done. This team is finished." Yeah. It, it was. I mean, I remember at Heinz Field, you could you could you could hear a pin drop. It was everyone was mm -hmm. terrified what that what that might mean. And he came back from that injury a lot faster than people anticipated. And uh, but you, you saw he wasn't being the same playmaker he was. Mm -hmm. To me, this shows that, like if this guy is on the field. 
The Steelers going go from being a team that, that can be a pushover by the Bengals, a team that can't capitalize when they were able to when they, when they they managed a big comeback against the Chargers, to a team that can take down the number one seed in the conference, the Baltimore Ravens. I mean, heck. In the, in, in the book ending the season right now as we stand, they beat the number one seat in the in the Ravens this week. And the first week, they they beat the team that everyone presumed would be the number one seat in the yeah. Buffalo Bills. And T.J. Watt, a huge part of both wins. To me, that's why I go into the realm of maybe this should be total MVP, not just defensive. Hey, you preaching to the choir. I 100% hope that is the case. Man, I've been preaching for D- any t- anybody on defense. Even when Stephon Gilmore won Defensive Player of the Year. Man, let him get MVP. I don't care. Just anybody, all right? Anybody. Why they don't split up the Defensive Player of the Year and the MVP voting like how they do MVP and Offensive Player of the Year? You notice that, right? A quarterback will win MVP, and then it'll be a totally different quarterback win an Offensive Player of the Year. How mm-hmm. does that make sense? How does that That's make all sense? I'm saying. So if we're going to do that, throw us, throw, throw us defending some bones over here, okay? <laughs> Spoken like a true linebacker right there, Moses. Yes, yes. I feel you. I feel you. <laughs> um, but just, just, to get, um, uh, just to get some technical thoughts here, beyond the, 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 over, the overhead look of, you know, should he win this, should he win that, what is, what, what is making this run right now? For, for him because it is really not just a run he's been building he's been getting better every mm-hmm. season and every season i say he can't get better like this is where we, yeah. this is it this is it but this is what we get and each year he's like no i am going to be better this year and this year he's he's on fire what is making him able to do it this way most yeah man when we talk about the the fundamental element of it he is amazing with his hands his hand eye coordination is top notch um in terms of how he's able to control these offensive linemen, bigger guys, but they never get a chance to get their paws on him. Or if they do, watch him when he is working his second move and third move at times. Hands never stop moving. Man, he's always active and he has great bend. You talk about his length, right? 6'3, 6'4, yeah. but you watch him how he can bend, how he's able to go from being 6'3 to sit, hit you at 5'2, you know, in terms of just how he can drop a level and things like that. And I also have to talk about his motor. That's not something that you can just guarantee everybody's going to play with. Most great players, it's like, man, all right, is he great because he's extremely talented or is he extremely talented and works extremely hard? TJ is that perfect combination of extreme talent and extreme hard work. So when you watch him on the field, he never stops. He doesn't. I think his first sack against Lamar, it wasn't a great rush, but you watch him. He's retracing. He's, okay, you got me up top. All right, well, now I'm going to start covering down. And then you see Lamar pop up, boom, makes the sack. Those are the things that TJ does and has been doing at a higher level this season. And that's why he's having the the type of productivity that he's having. And I frankly think he's pissed off that everybody's talked about Miles Garrett so much and everybody else except him. And now he's ready to prove that, you know what? No more excuses. I'm going to get defensive player of the year. No excuses. No excuses. He hasn't made any for himself. I mean, if mm-hmm. if he had if he had four less sacks than Miles Garrett right now, you say, well, he played two less games. But here he is with two less games and he is leading him. Mm-hmm. It, it is he's playing at a phenomenal level and heck his Steelers have a better record than the Browns right now yeah. and the Browns this was supposed to be the Browns year everyone knew the Steelers were in the middle of a, a middle of a rebuild yeah. with a whole new offensive line losing two cornerbacks uh you know all the things that they've had to do Ben Roethlisberger maybe in his final season this is supposed to be a trend a bit of a transition year for the Steelers where they'll find a way to compete but this isn't mm-hmm. their year this is supposed to be the Browns year and Miles Garrett Miles Garrett's playing great I'm not I'm not downplaying that yeah. but 
they're not the Browns are not doing it right now. They're in last place in the AFC North. They need to pick it up in these final weeks. We will see if they find a way to do that. They still have to go up against TJ Watt at Heinz Field in a in a, in a, in a bit here um, to finish out the season. But I want to get Moses' thoughts on some of those younger players I was talking about because Mike Tomlin called out, you know, leadership and and, and what, them mm-hmm. needing guys to see what these guys who these guys were and how they've how they've built it to that part of the career of course being cam hayward and ben roethlisberger who are some of those younger guys we'll talk about that in just a second but first i gotta talk to you about beachbound in life we're all bound for different things with beachbound.com vacations you could be bound for adventure bound for passion bound for discovery or bound for togetherness bound for immersion or bound for rejuvenation or maybe just you're being bound to encounter the unexpected Personally, when I'm at a beach resort, I'm bound to just end up at the possible uh, poolside bar and maybe creating my own taco flight. But as long as I've got a good view and a good drink in my hand, I'm as happy as I can be. But with beachbound.com, you can find the perfect beach vacation for you, no matter what you are looking for. What are you bound for? Visit beachbound.com today. Back here on the Locked On Steelers podcast, I'm your host, Chris Carter, here with Arthur Motes, the body. Uh, of course, <laughs> there it is right there. Um, we thank you for checking us out, as always, making us your first listen every day as we are available on our free uh, free and available on all podcasting platforms. Now, Motes, I got to talk to you about some of the – I talked about the role players after this game. I, I was just so impressed by how guys were doing the little things. Montrevious Adams coming out of nowhere, just practice squad guy. Mm-hmm. Hey, plug it, nose tackle, have a big game. Clear up the, the, the house for everybody else. Akella Witherspoon coming this close from an interception that would have ended the game. Chris Wormley, two and a half sacks. Where did that come from? All these guys making these types of plays. John LeGlue on the offensive line, bullying guys. Dan Moore having a good game. All these guys, that they're not stars. They're not even the high-picked rookies of, of Pat Farmuth and Najee Harris, even though they also played very well in this game too. But you're seeing these guys step up. Who are some of those younger guys? And they don't have to just be those role players. They can also be the stars like Najee and Minka and, and those guys. Who are the, the, the guys you're seeing step up that are impressing you? Man, well, you named off a great list of guys, especially <laughs> from this past game. But um, a couple of guys that I will say is this, Cam Sutton. I mean, you talk about mm-hmm. his play. He's a guy that, yeah, we didn't know if he was going to be an outside corner, a slot corner. Was he going to beat out James Pierre? What was his role going to be? But you watch him these past couple of weeks, he continues to be around the ball. He continues to be a physical player and just a productive player as a whole. So for me, man, I like him a lot. Another guy that I was impressed with that played in this game was Justin Lane. I mean, he's a guy that you talk about coming under scrutiny and fire, very similar to Devin Bush, probably yeah. not to the same extent, but in that ballpark, because where he was drafted at, man, you never know where a guy mentally is going to be. Right. And for them to come back to him in a critical game like this one, where he was out there early and often, I mean, with them making the switch in the lineup, putting Akella Witherspoon as the starter instead of James Pierre, and then mm-hmm. essentially letting Justin Lane leapfrog Pierre as well yeah. for those reps in the fourth corner. That was going to be significant, but not only did he cover at a high level, he was also physical in the run game as well. And the last person I got to talk about, because, you know, since I'm a defender, I only talk defense over here, okay? I let all you (laughs) other guys highlight offensive players, offensive linemen, quarterbacks, running backs, tight end. Y'all can talk about them. I want to talk defense. So with that being said, the last person I got to talk about is my number brother, 5'5", man, Devin Bush. Mm. Under a ton of scrutiny this season, and rightfully so. I mean, his play had been very inconsistent and underwhelming at times. 
But I will say this, man, in this game against the Ravens, he stepped up in a major way. Granted, it didn't show up a ton in the stat sheet, but I watching agree. him on tape, he made a lot of plays by just being in the right spot, by reading it the right way, by just flashing, showing some of that athletic ability that made him the 10th overall selection. Even in coverage, I thought that he did a good job. He had a nice PBU early in the game on Mark Andrews. As a whole, that was probably the best game I've seen him play this season since probably week one. And if we're being real about it, it was mm -hmm. definitely positive by him. Now, it wasn't perfect. And that's the other thing I want people to understand. It wasn't perfect in the sense, oh, yeah, well, you know, pick up the option. This is this. This is why we kept him this, like that. I'm not saying that. But what I am saying is for everything that he had to endure in terms of that criticism, in terms of, you know, him being taken out the lineup for Robert Spillane at multiple times this season, mm -hmm. to see him still have the mental fortitude and toughness to come out and play at a high level in a game like this where we knew they were going to challenge him at times. It was good to see that as well. It was good to see that. I mean, and that was the thing was I wanted to see when he would rebound because he's, I mean, I think I've heard you talk about this with Wes Euler on Steeler Nation Radio. He's looked skittish. He's looked timid to attack the hole. Mm -hmm. There's been times you're like, what, what, whoa, where, where'd this guy come from? And it's been interesting too, because we've also seen people fire back. I think you've, you said this as well. We saw his mm -hmm. dad go on 93.7, the fan and, and, and go and go at Paul's ice saying like, Hey, that you, you don't know nothing. He's been hurt. But we also saw Vince Williams, your former teammate mm -hmm. saying, Hey, you know what? ACLs are a tricky thing, especially when you're fast and explosive the way he mm -hmm. is. And you should probably give him more time to, to recover than this. But this guy isn't isn't this bust that you that you got many people have already proclaimed him to be and, and that to me is the issue if you want to say he's playing poorly sure fine but the people that are saying he's done he's finished he'll never bounce back i'm like man you guys don't much not watch much of most of the nfl because there's plenty of guys who i mean look at deontay johnson deontay johnson this time last year everyone's like dropsy captain drop he can't catch a thing why is he on the team why'd they pick him kevin colbert i thought you were a wide receiver wizard well, here he is now being a bad dude on the field with two. And he did drop one in this last game, but he made up for it with two touchdowns. And the last of which cooked Marlon Humphrey. And that was the play that he ended up dying when he dove back to try and stop him. He ended up injuring himself. I'm not saying that was what you wanted to happen there, but it was because Deontay Johnson is that smooth of a wide receiver. If you had said this time that if you had told people this time last year that he would be like this this year, people might not have believed you. And I think that right now, if we do the same thing for Devin Bush right now if we went to December of 2022 and it's uh, I'm not saying this definitely will happen but if he's having the kind of season like Deontay Johnson is a wide receiver as a linebacker and people would say you're crazy you're just being a homer you're being a fanboy but most is that a real possibility that he could have that kind of a turnaround yes yeah, 100% real um I, I've never doubted in terms of him having the ability to do these things is more so just the consistency part of it, because as bad of a season as he's been having, I can still point to every game where he's doing one or two things where I say that's special. That's why he's drafted where he was drafted. That's why most people can't do what he does. But at the same time, it's not okay to just do it one game. One game doesn't get right. you the fifth year option picked up. One game doesn't get you to be solidified as the starter. One game isn't going to have the Steelers say, you know what, let's pay him into a long-term deal. And ultimately, when you come here, you want to get that long-term deal. And that's the biggest thing. So it's like, man, I do believe he can grow into that, but he's going to have to just continue to work, continue to build and build and can't get complacent. And I don't know if he ever did get complacent, but we also know that, man, you have a really nice rookie season. And from there, you know, you receive a ton of praise. 
Did it carry over too much in this offseason? Who knows? But those are some of the things that I look at with him. So that's why it's going to be important to see how does he respond on Thursday night? You know, right. does can he put together another good performance? Because now we can build upon something. Mm-hmm. And that's the that's going to be the interesting part. But the beauty is he has time. He does have time right now. Last thing here I wanted to discuss with you, the defensive line. They've been so marred with injuries, you know, just Stephon to it and then Tyson Alulu. And then, um, you know, of course, Carlos Davis just got back off of injured reserve. But then Isaiah Loudermilk's been down. They almost didn't have Cam Award this week. It's just been one thing after another. But is there a chance for this group to turn it around? They certainly look like they did in this game. They they took away the run. They, they limited Lamar Jackson's uh, rushing lanes. But there's some people out there that are saying, well, it was Lamar Jackson. You were, you know, he's not, he, you know, he's not that much of a throwing quarterback. They, once they play someone else, they're going to be in trouble. But I really think that with Cam Hayward at your center, and if Chris Wormley can 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 continue to to play at the level that he's been able to play at, and he's really been an asset for the Steelers, I really think with even with them having to use players like Isaiah Isaiah Loudermilk and uh, and Montrevious Adams, I think this defensive line can still do just enough so that T.J. Watt, Alex Highsmith, and the guys around them can be playmakers. Yeah, I agree as well. Now, I do think they will be facing some more challenging offensive lines. Um, We know Baltimore's mm-hmm. offensive line wasn't the best. Right. They've had a ton of injuries as well. I mean, they even lost a guy during the game. So part of it is like, man, we're excited about it. We were very high on what they did. But at the same time, we know, yeah, it was some other variables that played there. But to me, the reason I do feel like this team can still play at a high level, that D-line in particular Number one, you talk about Cam Hayward. He is their T.J. Watt. He is a guy in his own right who's been making a case for himself to get some uh, big awards at the end of the season. When you talk about what he's been able to do as a run stopper and a pass rusher. But I also like what Chris Wormley has done this season. Granted, this was his first statistical breakout game, but let's not act like he hasn't been a key contributor to this defense, this D-line in particular. He's always on the backfield. He makes the tackles that he's supposed to make. He just doesn't have that jump off the screen athletic ability like a Tuit or Cam has, but he is still a really good player and and a guy that you win with as we're seeing. But the guy that I think is going to ultimately pay even bigger dividends is Montrevious Adams. I watched him on tape in that uh, when he was in New Orleans. Some of the things he was able to do in terms of him being twitchy, uh, I love his burst and his motor, sideline to sideline in terms of the, the play that he made on Lamar in this game. Man, he's been close to making those type of plays with New Orleans when he had those opportunities as well. So seeing him and how stout he can be, I do think he's going to fit this defense really well the more acclimated he gets to it. Because remember, we just picked him up and he was out there starting on Sunday against the Baltimore Ravens and Mm -hmm. still played at a high level. So just imagine once he gets comfortable and actually knows the calls, actually knows the assignments and he's not having to ask guys what's going on here, how much better he'll be as a player. It's certainly a good question, and if they do that, I mean, I think this team, if this defense can get those, can can have that consistency from him, from Wormley, from from that kind of play, and see players like Devin Bush step up. Maybe Akella Witherspoon's part of your answer outside. Maybe Justin Lane to get some confidence there, and maybe you start to see Minka Fitzpatrick. He's got back-to-back games with picks now. I heard all mm-hmm. season, oh, he's not that playmaker anymore because you didn't see it on the stat sheet. You're starting to see he's been he's been that guy, just hasn't hasn't had those opportunities. So. I say all that to say, I, I, I truly think, Moats, this this still has the potential to be a big season for the Pittsburgh Steelers. I'm, I mean, I'm not, again, I'm not saying Super Bowl, but I'm saying people counted them out. I ref, I refused at every turn when they were, I think, one and three at one point, when they've been when they've been five, five and one, or, you know, it, I've never said this team is going to be finished because 
One, Mike Tomlin is the head coach. He would he would not let that happen. And two, there's plenty of talent on this team that if it's healthy, they will have a shot. Yeah, 100%, man. This team, like I said, as long as they're mathematically in the fight, you keep fighting. That's how I've always viewed them as well. And they are very talented. Flawed, yes, but also very talented. And that's the thing. I mean, when you have talent, all you have to do is not beat yourself. If you don't beat yourself, you'll be in every single game at the NFL level. And we saw yesterday they didn't make the turnovers. They didn't beat themselves, right. whereas Baltimore did, and they capitalized on it. They can win like that every week in the NFL, but they have to be very disciplined to play like that. They do. It takes discipline. It takes yeah. patience. It takes being on point. But hey, they were in this game and they, they didn't they weren't perfect all game, but they showed if they play their brand of football, they can be even the top seed in the AFC. Mm -hmm. Arthur, it's been so great to do this with you most. Let people know they can find you, follow you and get more of your work. Yeah, man. Uh, any social media platform at Dubody52 and on uh, YouTube, man, just type in Arthur Motes 55 or Arthur Motes. You'll see the uh, verified page with all the content up there, baby. But yeah, those, those are the spots to find me, man. And can't forget SNR still is dot com anywhere up there. You'll see my work as well. So, yes, yes, yes. It is always a pleasure to have you on this show, Moats. Your insight is so valued here. We love the we love the energy, the knowledge, everything that you bring to your coverage. Thank you for joining the Locked On Steelers podcast, folks. I'm your host, Chris Carter. You can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Carter Critiques. Read my work at DKPittsburghSports.com. Get this show, the Locked On Steelers podcast, Monday through Friday on YouTube, Apple, Spotify, Google Podcasts, and Odyssey. Like this video on YouTube. Subscribe to our YouTube channel. Leave us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts, and you get a shout-out at the end of the show. Just like this person who left us our most recent five-star review tony one smith who says great great host s excellent content i appreciate that your insight is why the team is in the spot that they are in it's not one player or one coach it's a team effort from front office to the towel person they all play a part and thanks for helping it helping keeping it lighthearted and fun but also informative. Thank you. And thank you, 21 Smith, for your five-star review. If you want your shout-out, leave that for us on Apple Podcasts, and you'll get a shout-out at the end of the show. Thanks, Moats, for joining us. We'll be back in your ears and on your screens, getting you ready for a quick week. It's Thursday Night Football's around the corner. we got our Wednesday's episode tomorrow.